Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are in week number four of a series called Fundamentals. And this series really is all about how to have a relationship with God. And if you're new around here, maybe you're here for the first time or you've been coming for a few weeks, you need to know about our church. Like we are all about, that's what we're all about. We're all about you having a real close dynamic relationship with God, not religion, not this legalistic checklist of rules and do's and don'ts, not not behavior modification, not perfect church attendance. We are about you having a relationship with God. In fact, our mission as a church and our mission answers the question, why do we exist? It's why we existed whenever we launched our church. It's why we exist today on week 73. And our mission is this, is that we want, like we exist to reach all people and teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. That's why we do everything we do is so that people can experience a relationship with God that we wanna reach all people. That includes you, that includes your friends, that includes your family, that includes your coworkers, that includes all 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area. We wanna reach all of them and teach them to have a relationship with God that we believe a real relationship with God, it never goes in reverse. It only gets better and better. And here's the whole point of this series is that type of a relationship with God, it is found in the fundamentals. And look me in the eyes, you can have that type of relationship with God. I believe it with all my heart. You can. And some of you are like, but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my past. You don't know what my present is. I can't have that. Yes, you can. You can have that type of relationship with God. And Jesse Owens, he's a, he's a former like legendary Olympic track and field athlete. He once said, speaking of fundamentals, that winning starts with complete command of the fundamentals. And we want to see you win in your relationship with God. And what we believe is that that all starts with the fundamentals, these, these gifts, these basics that God has given us. And so, so far in this series, we've talked about the fundamental of prayer and the Bible. And last week we talked about purpose. And this week, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down this fundamental that we're going to talk about today. And that is worship. We're gonna talk about the fundamental of worship. And let's start our conversation today by simply answering this question, what is worship? Like what in the world is worship? Is it just singing? Is it just music? Is it a chunk of time that is set aside in every single church service in the world? Is that what worship is? Is worship just this genre of music that you can search on Apple Music or Spotify, just like you can search all these other, is, it, is that what worship is? Or is it like this, maybe you grew up in a very liturgical, maybe like very conservative. And so when you think of worship, you think of, you know, organ and you think of choirs and robes and you think of think of kind of Christian calisthenics stand up sit down kneel stand up sit down kneel you know <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's what you think of or may, maybe you think of kind of what we experience here and you think is worship just you know is it keyboards and is it drums and is it whatever this thing is that that guy plays and is it is it is it is it, is it the, the fog and the lights and is it what, what, like what is worship? Maybe maybe you're new to this whole church thing, 
And it's like, is, is worship just like Christian karaoke? Is that what that is? You put the words up and everybody sings. And what is worship? Here's the simplest definition that I can give you of worship. Is that worship is just love expressed. That's it. That's the simplest definition that I can give you today is that worship is love expressed. In other words, I love this. Worship is PDA. It is a public display of affection to whatever or whoever that you love. It is literally placing value. It is lifting something or someone up higher than every other thing. Worship is love expressed. And from the jump, you need to know this today, that we are all, all of us, we are all worshipers. Every single one of us, you are, I am, that regardless of where you are on your spiritual journey, that worship is not just designed for the people that sit in the first two rows. That worship is for every single one of us, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, whether you've been following Jesus for decades, or maybe you're like, I'm just not there yet. Every single one of us are worshipers. Let me put it this way, to be human, is to be a worshiper. And I'll, I'll, I'll prove it. Why don't you try this sometime? Why don't you jump on 71 and go north a couple hours in the fall on a Saturday to Columbus? And you go to the shoe and see Ohio State football. I'm telling you, yeah, OH. Okay, you'll, like, you'll, you'll see. Somebody, somebody like, I don't like this church. Um, <laughs> and you'll see it. Well, maybe for some other people in the room, maybe right now, you, around this time of year, you can just drive south a couple hours to Lexington and go to a UK basketball game, and you're going to see some crazy people worshiping and giving, or maybe right here in our city, you can go down to an FC Cincinnati game and go to the Bailey, where some of those people, they never sit down. They always yelling. They always raising their hands and have chants and all types of stuff. They go crazy. Or maybe you can just go just a few minutes. I mean, I'm talking about like 10 minutes into our city and go to Paul Brown Stadium. Yes. <laughs> On May 16th for the Garth Brooks concert, and you'll see all types of people. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Here's what I found that some of the most passionate, sincere worship that I've seen is found nowhere near a church and has nothing to do with God. And it's so easy for us to worship people and relationships and our marriage and our kids and possessions and money and jobs and promotion and approval and popularity and fame and hobbies and sports teams and pop culture. And it's so easy for us to worship all these things that are created instead of worshiping the creator. And I want you to understand why. Because that's how God wired us, that we are designed by God. We are created to worship that all of us are designed, we are all worshipers. And here's what I've learned. You cannot choose if you worship. You can't. You cannot choose if you worship. You can only choose what and who you worship. That's the only choice that we have. 
But the Bible is very clear that worship is exclusively reserved for God. Listen to what Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter four, verse 10. He says, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So worship is love expressed and we are all worshipers. But my question today is this, but why is it so important? And that helps me more than anything. I'm a type of guy, I always wanna know the why. Don't just tell me what to do, tell me why that we wanna do it because the why is so important. Because what I've learned is that our why always determines our way. And if we lose our why, we will end up eventually losing our way. And so tell me why, don't just tell me what to do, tell me why to do it. So why do we worship? Why every single time you come to this church for all 73 weeks that we've been a church, why do we make sure that we carve out time to worship and to lift up and express our love to God? Why do we do that? Why are we gonna come back tonight and for an extended amount of time? Give God that type, like express our love to him. Why worship? Let me give you four reasons. Number one is because God said to. And honestly, this should be enough. Like we can shut it down right now. Let's shut this bad boy down. All right, bow your head and close your eyes. God said to worship, that's it, we're done. Because when you're God, you get to call the shots. You're in charge. What you say goes. And in our culture, I believe that there's this temptation and this narrative out there that says that it's okay to say, like, I, I like this part of God, but I don't like this part of God. So like a buffet or a vending machine, well, like I'm gonna pick and choose what I follow based on what I like, what I agree with, what I'm feeling at the time. And if that's you, let me love you enough to tell you the truth. God is not your God, you are. Because when God is God, he gets to call the shots. And God is very clear in the Bible that we should worship. In fact, the book of Psalms, which is the biggest book in the whole Bible, it's 150 chapters, and it literally means songs. It's a book that is all about worship. And this is how that book ends in Psalm 150. It says this, starting in verse one, praise the Lord. And let me just give you a little grammatical lesson here. That is an imperative statement, which means that it is a command, not a suggestion. It says, praise the Lord. Not if you're feeling it, not if it's how you're wired. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the resounding, with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre, which that is a stringed instrument, not somebody who struggles with telling the truth. Praise him with timbrel and <gasps> dancing. Um, praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals, but just don't clash those cymbals. Let them bad boys resound. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath, and on the count of three, I want the whole church to breathe in real deep. One, two, three. Let everything that has breath, including me, including you, Praise the Lord. And just in case you didn't get it, he throws it in one more time. Praise the Lord. So why worship? Because God said to. Here's number two. Because of who God is. Because of who God is. We worship God 
because of who he is. I want you to write down this sentence. God is blank. And I want to encourage you that over the next week, carve out some time to fill in that blank. Maybe if it's just five minutes, if you have five minutes to write as many answers as you can of that, because I promise you it will do something on the inside to you. Maybe take time every single day this week and fill in that, fill in that blank every day. I'm going to just write down some things that God is for me. I actually asked our leadership team to do that. And I got some answers like this, like God is love. He is reliable. He is good. He is understanding. God, he's with me. He's my comforter, my joy, my friend. He's faithful. He is real. He is peace. He is my guide. He is caring. He is redemptive. He is life-giving. He is my everything and God is here. And there were so many more. And just asked, what, like, God is blank. And I think it's so easy for us at times, especially when life gets loud and it gets busy, for us to forget how great God truly is. And I love in, in that book of Psalms, it says this in Psalm 145, verse three, it says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. And then in Psalm 48, verse one, it says, how great is the Lord, how deserving of praise. And just in case we didn't get it, in Psalm 96, verse four, it says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. And that word praise there at the end, it's the Hebrew word hallel. And it's where we get the word hallelujah. And I don't know what you think of when you hear the word hallelujah. Maybe you think it's this very passive, quiet, churchy word. That's just hallelujah. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe if you're like me, you think of Tyler Perry. It's like hallelujah. You know, it's like you just think like that. But let me tell you what that word literally means. That when you go to the original language of what this word is, this word praise, it literally means the highest praise. In other words, it's the best praise that we can give, better than anything that we would ever give a sporting event or a concert. The best praise that we can give, not our passive praise, not our reserved praise, not our leftover praise, that God is so great, he deserves our very best praise. That's what that word means. And so we have 10 values around here. Uh, we, we, it's, it's like what makes us uniquely us as a church. It's really our DNA. And you need to know that one of our values here, what makes us uniquely us is this, passion is our response. That's a value around here. That passion is our response. That when we think about who God is and what he's done in our lives, the only logical response is passion is to give him our very best. That's why you'll look around during worship and you'll see people getting so excited. That's why you'll see, see people in the lobby that are smiling so big. It's why we clap our hands. It's why we sing so loud. It's why we shout. It's why we raise our hands. It's why we jump around. And by the way, I'm not talking about being a distraction or being showy. You need to understand that your worship should never take the attention off of God. And so I'm not talking about being showy or being a distraction. I'm talking about genuinely and passionately praising God for who he is, for giving him what he deserves, our very best. So we praise God because of who God is. Here's number three, write this down, because of what God has done. 
We praise God because of what he has done. And this is all about recognizing and remembering God's fingerprints all over our lives. It's remembering what all God has done in our life. And so every single week before I stand up here and I share in public what God spoke to me in private, you'll find me right there on that front row. And I typically, I'm right there during worship and I never miss it. It's important for me to be in here for every single beat. And so I try to be in here every time. I'm not, man of God isn't hiding back in some room and then coming in here right before, give me the anointed mic so that I can share with the people. No, I'm in here and I'm giving God my best. I'm worshiping and I'm giving everything because I desperately need him. And it's something like, I, like I just wanna give him my very best. And here's my approach, just so you know. My approach every single week is that I'm gonna worship God in a way and I'm gonna stand up here if I get the honor to lead this incredible church this way and I have a chance to share what God has spoken to me throughout the week, that I'm gonna treat every single, not just week, but every single service, I'm gonna treat it like it's my last time I'm getting to do this on this side of heaven. And, and I'm gonna give God my very best. That's why if you are standing beside me, you would hear my voice because I am singing at the top of my lungs and that my hands are extended as high as I can in surrender and saying, God, I give you everything, be with me. And I'm, yeah, I'm jumping around and I'm excited to be here. And like I give, and sometimes you even see me on my knees because I'm just literally desperate for God before I come and do this. Cause this is hard and this is scary. And I need God, I don't wanna be up here by myself. And so you'll see that. And I think some of you, maybe if you've gotten an angle to see and you're like, Chill out, man. Why are you getting after it like that? Like just, would you just chill out? That's a little too much, but if you only knew what God's done in my life, if you only knew what God has done for me, and that that, is like, it's the only logical response when I sit there and think, if you only knew the quiet, insecure, scared kid from the middle of nowhere with a stuttering problem, if you only knew, like that I grew up in church, but I was really good at playing church. If you only knew the fact that for years, I just went through the motions. If you only knew that I was so good at this point, at some point in my life of having this public me and this private me that were completely different. If you only knew the guy that was dominated by lust and pride. If you only knew what God has done in my little boy, that he's helped him walk through so many steps towards healing. And if you only knew that he's about to get baptized in a few minutes, come on. I'm telling you, if you only knew, if you only knew how I've seen God provide over and over again, if you only knew the full story, if I had the time to tell you the four year story from when God spoke this church into my heart until the week that we launched. And I, if only you knew the miracles that we experience time and time again. If you only knew the amazing people that God has put into my life, if you only knew, if you only knew that, that I can't believe I get to do this, that out of all the people in the world to lead this amazing church, that he chose me, I cannot believe, I'm telling you, nobody's more surprised than me. If you only knew, so if you see me, worshiping my guts out, I'm so sorry, I just can't help it. That when I remember what God has done for me, 
I'm so sorry. I just can't help it. And you may see, look down here during worship, and you may see somebody else just getting after it, going after God with all they have. But what you don't know is that they were an addict, and now they're free, and they just can't help it. You may see another group of people that's right here, and you may see a husband and a wife, and they are praising God with everything they have because their marriage was on the rocks, but God healed it. And they can't just help it. Like, they can't help it. Another person that may be in the corner, you may see them worshiping God with everything everything they have. But at some point they had no hope, but now they're full of purpose and they can't just help it. See, there's so many people that are in this room that we were once lost, but now we're found. But like we were blind, but now we see that we were dead, but now we're alive. And I'm so sorry. We just can't help it. That this isn't hype. This isn't a show that like, we just can't help. When we remember what God has done, we just can't help it. I love this in Luke chapter 19 in verse 37. It says the whole crowd of disciples, they burst into this enthusiastic, giving God our very best, extravagant, this enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works that they had witnessed. But some Pharisees, some of the religious people that were there from the crowd told him, that's Jesus, teacher, get your disciples under control. They're a little bit out there. They're getting after God a little too much. Get them under control. But he said, listen, if they keep quiet, the stones would do it for them, shouting praise. In other words, that God is so good and he's so worthy of our love expressed worship that if we don't do it, rocks will. And I've made a decision, church, that I'm not going to let no rock take my place. Listen, that is bad grammar, but that is excellent preaching. <laughs> There's a military base that's in North Carolina called Camp Lejeune. And uh, this, this military base is so close to the interstate and the highway uh, that when the big like F-16 jets, when they land and take off, which they're extremely loud, people can't see it coming and it freaks them out like while they're driving. And so they're so loud, it kind of sneaks up on them. And, um, and that, that they ended up putting a sign up on the highway. And this is what it says. Pardon our noise, it's the sound of freedom. <laughs> Come on, I love that. That should be our church every single week. Pardon our noise. It is just the sound of some people that have been saved, healed, set free, that we've been given purpose, that now we're making a difference. Man. Um, so why do we worship? Because God said to, because of who God is, because of what God has done. And then number four, because worship changes things. Worship changes things. And there's going to be some movement here. Okay, this, the, the whole band's going to come out. Sometimes it's just this, this keys person right here, and we try to keep it as minimal distraction as possible. But they're all about to come out. And so the ADD people in here, they're going to be like, just kind of looking all around. <laughs> but for this one, I need you to lean in. I need you to lean in. Here's why. Because there's going to be a day where you're going to need number four. You're going to need this. There's going to be a day that you didn't see coming. And there's going to be a day that's painful. There's going to be a hard day. There's going to be a bad day. And you're going to need to lean in and have this in your spiritual tool belt to bust out. 
In Ezekiel chapter 46, verse 9, it says this, But when the people come in through the north gateway to worship the Lord during the religious festivals, they must leave by the south gateway. And those who enter through the south gateway must leave by the north gateway. And here's what you got to get. They must never leave the same way that they came in. And just so you, just so you know, that's what I pray every single week for our church. That's what I pray for you each and every week, including this week, that we never just come in here and play church, go through some religious motions and then walk out the same way that we walked in. Like I have no interest in that. If we do that, shut the doors, we'll save the rent. But like what I'm praying is that every single one of us, that we walk out different than when we walked in. And not because we listen to good music or because you hear an amazing message or because of anything else like that. It's because we've experienced and encountered the presence and the power of the living God. And um, so when we worship, it changes things, it changes us. And let me show you, let me show you how it changes us. One of my pastors, he calls this the glorious exchange. It's that when you walk in here and you experience moments like this, the problems that you have in your life can be right in front of your face. And it feels so big and it gets all your attention. And you come in with your problems and God seems God seems underneath that. But then when we come in here and we worship, 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 and then all of a sudden God is so much bigger. And then our problems seem a little bit smaller. And then a lot of times what happens if you're a lot like me, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all of a sudden we need to come back here. And that's why it's so important to be here together. There's something about being here. And we worship, 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 worship. And then God comes so much bigger. Listen, by the way, you don't have to do that just here at church. Get in your car on the way to work and crank up some worship and, pr- and just give God everything that you have right there. And I promise you, God will get bigger and your problems will get smaller. That's why in Psalm 34, it says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name forever. And I love that word magnify. It's one of my favorite words to describe worship. It's like a magnifying glass that whatever you magnify, it gets bigger. And so when we worship, this is what it looks like. God gets bigger. When we worship, God gets bigger and our problems get smaller. And if you don't believe me, try it. Just try it. I promise you it does. In fact, when I was preparing for this message, I was reminded of one of the most powerful times of worship that I have ever personally experienced. It happened to be in one of those moments where my problem seemed so much bigger than God. And we were going through a very hard season where we were finding out that our oldest son had been diagnosed with autism and what the realities of all those things were is the hardest season that my wife and I have ever had to walk through. And I remember at a specific time where I was spending time with God and there was this worship time that I experienced. And I remember that I was holding my son in one hand and I was giving God my very best with my other hand. But behind the scenes, everything was so hard. 
and I needed God to change me. And I remember that the worship leaders during that, they, they sang a song called Miracles. And listen to what these lyrics say. And I want you to remember, I'm holding my son. And this is what it says. The one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear is silencing my every fear. The one who does the impossible is reaching out to make me whole. The one who put death in its place, his life is slowing through my veins. And then it said this over and over again, I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. Over and over again, I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. And I remember sitting there holding my son in one hand, the other hand extended as high as I could towards heaven. I remember just crying with everything that I had. I remember that moment like it was yesterday. And I remember like this, this desperate and this glorious exchange happened. All of a sudden my problems didn't seem as big, the more that I magnified and made God bigger. And not only did God just get bigger, it changed me. I remember being full of faith in that moment. I remember just that what was fear was now faith, that I was so encouraged in that moment, that I was there and I experienced security and assurance. I experienced peace and comfort that it was really hard for me to tell you today. I experienced so much hope. God got bigger and my problems got smaller and I walked away different and changed. It's because worship, it changes things. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.